I'm going to be ministering a message to you entitled, Lessons from the Jordan River Crossing. Lessons from the Jordan River Crossing. Now, there were two points. I only got by one this morning in the first service. Rats. But that's okay. Maybe we can make it a two-parter later. But this account of Israel crossing Jordan provides a vivid example of the reality and the advantage of God... And his presence on a people who have sanctified themselves and are following after him. Can I read this story to you? Is that all right? We're going to take it up in Joshua chapter 3. This is our text. And this is where we will start. Joshua chapter 3, verse 1 through 3 in the Amplified. Then Joshua rose early in the morning and they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Let me repeat that. In fact, Read that with me. Then, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. As human beings, we find a great deal of comfort in the familiar. We like it when we're able to take the same road. Some of us find the same comfort in eating the same brand of ice cream. We like to go to the same restaurant, sit in the same seat. We like to go to the same places of business. We like being near the same people. It's the same. We feel safe. But I have news for you today. There are things that God is doing in the earth today that's requiring us as the body of Christ, a part of the body of Christ, you understand. We are not the only part of the body of Christ, but we definitely are part of it. Amen. It will require you to change, to do something differently than you've ever done before. Now, I'm like you. I don't like going to a new restaurant when I have no idea how it is. I would much rather go to the same place. I would much rather eat the same ice cream rather than go to something unfamiliar. But friends, when God is on the move... These are some very simple points today and not many of them. But check your heart. They commanded the people, when you see the Ark of the Covenant, which was representative of God's presence, when you see that move, then you set out from wherever you are, from whatever place that you are, you set out after it. Friends, today, whatever place you are emotionally, whatever you place you are geographically, whatever case, whatever position you are in your relationships, ministerially, when you see the presence of God begin to move in a direction, it would be wise to follow after the commandment of old, which was follow after the presence of God. 
And this is what I love about this passage of Scripture. Not all of them were theologians. We're talking about grandmas and grandpas and little kids and medium kids and young men and old men, everybody. And this was very, very simple. The the interesting thing about the kingdom of God, it is so profoundly simple and yet it is so profoundly deep. Just get up and follow the presence. Don't just sit there. Follow the presence. Now I'll take it up in the amplified version, verse 3, verse 4 through 5. Chapter 3, verse 4 through 5. Yet a space must be kept between you and it about 2,000 cubits by measure. You'll give me that distance in a bit. 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near it. And I like why explains why in the Amplified Bible that you may be able to see the ark and know the way you must go for you have not passed this way before. It's not that as clear in other translations as it is here. It isn't that he didn't want millions of people to get too close to it. It's just that when you're dealing with a move of God this great, you need to be able to have clear visibility of the presence of God. So there's this mass of people. And how, how much was that distance? 3,000 feet. The reason why is when you have millions of people, then you see this space and you're AP, everyone's pretty much able to see the ark moving. And what is the point there, Pastor Tom? The point is God doesn't want anyone left behind. I want all of you, all of you to be able to see the presence of God. And this is your one assignment. When you see the presence, go with it. Hallelujah. And then there was more to the account, which I think I'll paraphrase because I didn't even get to that in the first service. But basically, Joshua commanded the priest to carry the ark into the river. And this is a river that overflows all the time. And it says in scripture that the moment that their foot just touched the water goes to show you the kind of authority and anointing that God has put on you. The moment they just touched the water, it says that the waters halted and stopped up in a heap way far from far away. The water just instantly stopped. And they stepped to the middle of the river. Here you thought Moses had the corner on the market for, <laughs> on, on splitting seas. I'm telling you, this is absolutely amazing. And they stood in the middle of the river and the entire group of people, millions of them, went across, somebody say, dry ground. Unless you think that this is some form of anomaly, God knew exactly what he was doing. And it was his presence that did it. Because the moment that everyone was clear from the bank, then he said to the, to the priest, all right, come up. There were other things, you know, gather stones and what have you. We're skipping some of that. But later in the story, he says, all right, now priest, come on up from the Jordan, from that, from that area. And they come up. And the, the moment, the very moment that the last foot left the place where the bank would be and would be on, quote, dry ground, because that's what it says in Scripture. Remember, instantly the ground was dry. 
in the riverbed. But the moment that they stepped into the place that's usually dry, it says that immediately the river came right back and overflowed its banks. How did that happen? I'll tell you how it happened. It's the presence of God. If the presence of God was that important to their journey, I'm asking you the question, how important is the presence of God to your journey? Does it make a difference for a person that seeks the face of God, that worships God, that honors God, that takes time? First thing he says, early in the morning will I seek thee. Thy face, O God, will I seek. Does it make a difference to seek him? Come on, help me out. How much of a difference? Let me show you how much his presence means in your life. And I'll just, I'll just borrow some things from, from the book of uh, Exodus. Just some examples of Moses. I learned in the first service not to wait too long here. Because otherwise we'll be here all day. I won't get the points in. When we look at the presence of God in a group of people that live in Goshen at the time of the Pharaoh. Are you ready? In Exodus 8, verse 21 through 23, I won't read, I'll just capsulize. God makes a difference in that he send a swarm of flies. All right, this is one of the, one of the plagues. Flies. Millions of flies. Has any, did anybody see the, uh, the swarming that happened about a month or two ago of the seed bugs? They call them seed bugs in San Leandro. Anybody see that beside me? They looked like there were millions of them. They covered the ground. They were all over. They were even getting inside the windows. Somebody say, ew. I went to the Department of Agriculture. I went and I took test samples and like, what's going on here? It was, it was weird. And I want you to know, was it accidental that on the day that Moses arranged with Pharaoh, he says, when do you want, are you ready to call the flies off? And Pharaoh said, yes. So uh, Moses went and he commanded the flies to then leave. I want to read this scripture because it's absolutely amazing. Oh, and by the way, there was not one fly in the land of Goshen. Not one. I mean, please. Get, get this picture. Here's the line, right? Everybody with us, here's the line. Ew, ew, it's in the bed. Ew, ew, it's in the soup. Ew, it's in the water. Ew. But here's the line like, what a lovely day. Can I have a glass of water? Just one little line like this, one little line. Ew, 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 get it out of my, ew, it's in my. And on this side, nothing. But at the very moment that God said, and the people of God, which would be Moses, said, rebuked the flies, said clear. It says that they left immediately. And notice what it says here. Ooh, come on, find it, Tom. And it says, and there was not a fly, not even one. Have you ever had left a door open and flies came in the house? Or am I the only one? Oh, 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 rats, there's another one. I hate horse flies, man. And you know, you know how pesky just two or three of them could be? Or even, I, one's too many in my account. But just from, think about this. If your house is covered with them, to have hundreds and thousands of them and all over, even on the ground where you walk and crunch, to, to suddenly nothing, it's gone. And they didn't even use Raid or Orkin. And they didn't call the Clark, the Clark man wasn't available at the time. That's amazing. 
What made the difference? Somebody say it. It was the presence of God. Amen? No way this was coincidental. The Message Bible in chapter 8, verse 22 to 23, God puts it this way. I'll set Goshen where my people live aside as a sanctuary and no flies in Goshen. That will show you that I am God in this land and I'll make a sharp distinction between your people and mine. Now I'm here to tell you there ought to be a difference between the way we live and the way that the godless person lives. You took the time to set time aside to come and hear from heaven. Amen. You take the time to pray. You take the time to open your Bible. You take the time to reverence the Lord. Is that right? We took the time to worship Him. Is that right? Shouldn't there be a difference between what we do and what a heathen does? The book of Romans is very clear in the Amplified Bible, chapter 1. He talks about some of the heathen people. They did not even consider God worth the knowing. They don't even consider Him worth the knowing. I mean, I had officials in the city of, of San Leandro that don't want you to sing Silent Night in the children's program. You're, you're forcing religion. Are you kidding me? Silent Night? Well, these are the last days. I don't want God. I don't need God. Well, tell me something, friend. There should be a difference between the way you and your family is. You should be the head and not the tail. You should be well. Your children should be like pearls. They should be robust in God. They should be like a crown in joy. We should be full of vision. We should be creative. Our bank accounts should be overflowing. We should be gracious and generous. That's what it should be for God's people. I'm excited. Well, there were several other plagues that happened. You know, the, in, in Exodus 9, there was the livestock. In, in uh, 3 and 4 and uh, 9, 23 to 26, hail and fire. I mean, this is serious. The land of Egypt was absolutely desecrated. I'm going to read something to you in, in, in Exodus chapter 9 about how bad this, this really was. The hail, this is Exodus 9, verse 25 and 26 in the Amplified. The hail struck down throughout the land of Egypt everything that was in the field, both man and beast, and the hail beat down all the vegetation, not most or some, but all the vegetation of the field, and shattered every tree. I want you to think about that. I drove to Washington, was it Oregon or Washington State? Oregon, when we went Oregon, there had been a horrible fire it was like such an eerie feeling that the beautiful forest that we know Oregon to be, it was all like barren. Nothing. Like you look around, just ashes everywhere. It looked like something science fiction happened. You know? If that's, that's what Egypt was like. There was nothing. But I want you to notice something. Tell me about, you know the answer to this. Tell me about what happened. Only in the land of Goshen, what? There was no hail. Greenery, trees, Lovely grass, lovely day, isn't it? The Lord makes a difference between you and them. Amen? And so now I get to make point two. Hallelujah. That's great. But first, I'm going to, maybe I'll just work with this a little bit and let you go. Who knows?
When the presence of God is on something, on someone, on a congregation, you may be new to all this. Your head may be giving you some questions. But just as Joshua was plugged into the source and was reliable, I guarantee you, the leadership in this church is reliable and trustworthy. They're following after the Word and the Spirit. We've had prophets in the land come to this place and say, this is a safe place. Your head may be giving you problems as we're all supposed to follow this glory. You know, we're trying to move toward the glory of God and toward the new. I mean, we're all singing about it and I can feel the momentum. God is on the, on the, on the move. Hallelujah. He's on the move. And yet your head may be giving you problems. Like, what about that Holy Ghost stuff? You may be kind of new to that. Well, why do they talk about that so much? I mean, I mean, really like, you know, praying in tongues and all that. I, I, I don't understand all that. What's all this about? You know, so, so many of the other things that we talk, what is this about prayer? So much about prayer and prayer and prayer. Like what? I mean, okay, I'll pray and stuff, but really what's all this about prayer? Friends, you may not understand everything in your head, but in your heart, you know, there's a knowing in your heart. Now, this is where I think we can keep it real simple. Like I said, the things of God could be very Profound and yet very simple at the same time. Get this. You don't need a PhD. I recall several decisions that I was making. I'm, I'm not preaching personal experience. I'm just showing you the word is true. I've proved it. It's TP'd, tried and proven. Some of the most important decisions some of you out there are making are career decisions, marriage decisions, Educational decisions, purchasing decisions. You're making decisions about where to live. Making decisions about family members. How many out there are making decisions? Come on. All the time. I have news for you. You always think that, oh, we want everything to stay the same. Nothing stays the same but God. Everything's changing. It's crazy. Several decisions. It just, I finally learned how to just go with it. I said, okay, God, even though I don't understand it in my head, I'm going to go with it. Okay, I'm going to tell off on myself and my wife a little bit. My wife made a decision. We were both going to San Francisco State, but well before that, I think, she made the decision, there is no way that I'm going to marry a musician. And there is no way, I'll tell you right now, there's no way that I'm going to get involved with a minister. There's no way. (laughs) Not going to happen. God is on the move. (laughs) It's pretty weird, huh? And I'll just tell you right now, I don't know, I don't want anybody to get offended or anything, but I could tell off on myself because I'm just talking about myself, right? And that was, I'm sure a Hispanic was not on the radar either. (laughs) I mean, I'm just saying, hombre, I'm just saying. (laughs) 
That was not even on the radar, hombre, you know? ¿Qué pasó aquí, hombre? ¿Qué pasó? What happened? What happened? What happened over here? But now catch this. As we begin to, as we begin to fellowship and talk, we, we met each other at San Francisco State. As we begin to talk, there's something happened in our heart because there was something in there where we were hungering after God. And we would just talk about God and talk about the kingdom of God and what we'd like to see and things that we heard and saw in the Bible. We says, oh my God, we, I want to see this. I want to follow after this. And even though, you know, at least I was in the right... I mean, you were in the music department. What are you talking about? <laughs> Did you say you're not going to major in music either? She wasn't going to major in music either. You see, sometimes, you know what we're like? We're like the little kids at the grocery store. Now, moms, dads, you know what I'm talking about. Why is it they put all the candy and all the stuff right there, right eyesight? So you're trying to get through and get the shot. Hurry up. We got Johnny. Quit, quit over here. He says, oh, mommy, I want one of those. I want one of those. No, stop it, stop it. You're going down the aisle. I need one of those cereals. It has a pretty little picture. No, stop it. That's a bunch of sugar and garbage. Stop, you know. And can I just be honest with you? Some things are so deep, we don't know what we want. I mean, the best thing you could do is delight yourself in the Lord. I'm serious. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. And then follow after the presence of God. Follow after the presence of God. And then no matter what it looks like, but it's a Hispanic dude, but he's a musician, but he's going into ministry. It's okay, I do. (laughs) Oh man, I could tell you story after story. It was time for me to get a new car. We're doing okay. We'll just make it a one-pointer. We'll hit the second point another time. You know, God is on the move. He wants to help me. He really needed to help me because I needed a new car. And uh, so, you know, I had a certain amount of money. And uh, basically, I had kind of thought in my head, and here we go again. Here we go again. I do not want a four-wheel drive. And I do not want black leather interior. Mm-mm, not going to happen. Now, I do like light color. I, I think I'll go with a light, kind of like a silver blue kind of, you know, that looks kind of cool to me. That, that's good. So I'm starting to look at everything. And then the prices are kind of high. And she says, well, we'll just get alone. Now, I knew the presence of God was not on that. Get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> I just felt like, no way. I'm not going to. I've been to Financial Peace University. How many of you been to Financial Peace University? Hallelujah. I just felt like in my heart, I just felt like, you know, I think I can get something without having to go into that, you know, into that kind of debt right now. I don't think we would have that kind of, it would really strap us and I didn't want to do that. So how many want to hear the rest of the story? Okay, come back next week. (laughs) So there was this, there was this little 
ad on Craigslist that kept popping up. You know, this Lexus that kept popping up. You know, Lexus here, Lexus, you know. But it was this four-wheel drive one, Pastor Nancy. I told you I don't want four-wheel drive. And then you look at it. Oh, boy, it looks really nice. Man, it looks like impeccable. But, you know, it's got black leather interior and it's four-wheel drive. And, then, and it didn't have the little thingy-ma-booby, the, 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 the spoiler thingy-wingy, you know. It was like, I don't want that. That's not the, that's not the one I want. But then I kind of played with that for several weeks. But then it got down to the wire. And I said, I got to make a decision. You know, the, my wife kept saying, just get a look. I said, no, I don't feel right about that. So I just looked up that one again, and I, I just made a call on it. And the person answered the phone. Oh, really? I'm surprised that's still up there. I said, you mean it's not available? Oh, no, it's available, but nobody's buying this. I don't get it. Nobody's buying this car. I says, well, surely that must be a misprint, right? You're, you're like, did you forget to put some zeros or something? Or did you forget, you know, is it supposed to be, you know? He goes, no, the price is right. I'm like, are you serious? Are, are you serious? He goes, yeah, but you see, I just returned it to the owner because I can't sell it. It's a dealer in... Uh, Livermore. So he had just returned it to the owner. I says, now he's got my interest. But I thought I didn't want leather. Black, black I mean. I didn't want black leather. And I did, before we left, but now I'm interested. He says, okay, this got really dicey now. I mean, it's not a mistake. It's not a mistake. He's given the car away. I'll take it, you know. So I said, can you please give my number to the guy? Sure, I'll give, give the number. And you know what? When I tried to show her the ad... It was gone. He pulled it down. I says, oh, no. And I don't have the new owner's number. Oh, Lord, what's going to happen? The next day, I kid you not, we had a staff meeting at 1.30. I says, oh, my gosh. And I got a phone call from so-and-so. Are you? Is this Tom Hernandez? Yes, yes, yes. Well, I'm calling about this. Really? The the Lexus is still available. He says, it is? I says, "Uh, and someone's coming to look at me. We couldn't sell it to anybody, so I guess my wife's going to bring somebody by. He goes, okay, wait a minute. Uh, Do you believe in first come, first serve? He goes, well, sure, if you want to come. I'll be right there. How soon can I be there? there." I grab her. I grab me. We got to be back in a staff meeting in a few minutes. I run up there. We run all the way to Pleasant, beautiful mansion and everything. I go up there, and I'm like, it was beautiful. I said, really? Yeah. I said, hand me the keys. I, I took it for a very short drive. It might, it might have been three minutes. I was in a hurry. <laughs> I says, this thing is amazing. The guy had it detailed so beautifully, like new. I'm thinking, I'll take it. I'll take it. And then the little daughter, she was so cute. She goes, that's it? I mean, I, I mean a test drive, like, I just drove it down the lane. That's it. I'm good. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> the little daughter's going, who is this guy, you know? She says, here's some money. I'll put money on it. We'll be, we'll be back tomorrow to pick it up. He goes, fine, we'll get the papers tomorrow. And you know what? I've been driving that car ever since. And can I just let you in on a secret? I've always wanted a Lexus. <laughs> I did. I did. And when I bought my other car, I always wanted a Lexus. And I finally got one. And you know what? I, got, I, I didn't have to make a loan for it. And I had cash in the bank. And Jesus is blessing me. But the important thing is this. The important thing is, what decisions have we made that have locked God out? Oh, I'll never move to Hayward. I, I never thought I'd be living in, Hay- in San Leandro or, or ministering in Hayward. I really didn't. But what decisions have you made up here of what you thought, oh, I'll never, you know, I'll never join a company like that or, you know, I'm not going to do that or I don't really like that. Be careful about that. Check your heart. Why? Because God is on the move. 
And he's trying to take you up. He's trying to put you in league with other people. He's trying business-wise, educationally, with innovation. There are relationships that's God's forging that are for the last days. Somebody said hallelujah. hallelujah. He's healing things. God's people ought to be at the top, not at the bottom. But the way that we're going to get there to cross over that Jordan is to follow the presence of God. When God is on it, can you say go with it? Is that all right? Go with it. If God is on it, just somebody please go with it. Now, I have more stories, but I don't want to bore you. Oh, you want one more story? No, you don't want one more story. Okay, look, I've gotten so fluent in this. Gracias, Señor. So, you know, this was guitar year for me. And if I don't get all the details right, you fill in the blanks. I need Vanna White to help me in a moment. (laughs) I thought, okay, this is the year. I'm tired of all my strats that have a bunch of hum and stuff. I'm going to get a real deluxe player's this is it. This is the year I'm going to do something. I got to get pro here. This, I'm tired of it. So I'm looking around and looking around and looking around. And I, and I say, this is what I want. Does it sound like the car? I absolutely do not want blue. And I don't, I, I don't want to... I know this doesn't mean anything to anybody. I don't want a rosewood fretboard. I want maple. And I want a clear finish. I don't want this. And you know what's really amazing? I just remembered the car story. And I remembered about going into ministry. And I remembered about my wife. Thank God she married me. Hallelujah. And I'm trying to remind you, don't be led by your head. When God is in it, you move with His presence. You honor His presence. You walk in those doors... You honor God. You say, what's God going to do today? You say that you make a quality decision in your heart. What's God going to do today? Okay, just a few minutes. So I spotted this guitar and it didn't have the, exactly the right thing. But then I started waiting on the Lord about it a little bit. And I started sensing something. I felt like somebody say it. God is on the move. It says, okay, God is on the move. All right, all right. I can do this. So um, I made a phone call. And I found out that this wonderful instrument uh, was for sale in Vacaville. Only the thing is that with all the package together, it's about a $1,000 guitar. They're only selling it for $250. Wow, people love me. Hallelujah. Jesus loves me. So, so I felt like the lepers. Hallelujah. So I had to go get this. But I had to open my mind to allow God to be God. So... I don't want blue. I don't want blue. Get a close-up of this. I don't want... Look at how beautiful that is. I don't want blue. I don't want a rosewood fretboard. Gold hardware. Mm. Noiseless pickups. Vintage Fender noiseless. 250 bucks. Wow. I was just blown away. But then I was going to have... I was going to network and have my... Uh, I was going to have my uh, nephew pick it up for me. Hey, Josh, hey, you live over there in, in Fairfield. Aren't you near Vacaville? I'll wire you some money. Grab this thing. I'm going to get it. Okay. So then I realized the guy has a whole collection for sale, and they're all $250. 
Okay. Fender Nashville Deluxe with Tex-Mex pickups. You know, can I be honest about it? I never said, I want, uh, what do they call this, tobacco sunburst? I just said, I, I don't really want this. One day you'll hear this thing. It'll be a blast for you to hear this thing. But I thought, I don't want that. I don't want that. Guess what? He had two of them. Who has two of them? A 60th anniversary Nashville Tele Deluxe. I went there with Josh. We made a guy's day of it. I bought three guitars, and actually it turned out being four with a plate. I got on American Deluxe for uh, less than I would have paid for just one guitar. Okay, God was on it. God was on it. You've got to know when God is on something. Who knows what I'd be driving if I didn't follow that God was on that car. I'd be a miserable man if I didn't follow God. And if she hadn't followed God, to realize that God was on this, the presence of God was on this. Hallelujah. What am I saying here, friends? It's time to get out of our head, realize that these are the last days. And I know these are just kind of fun little things that we could share, but they're just examples to show you that we live this way. Your pastoral staff lives this way. I mean, they don't all buy guitars, but what I'm saying is they pray. They follow. <laughs> they follow the glory of God. And as they do, the blessing of the Lord is poured out. Right now, our pastors are weak, weak of increase. Do you realize where they are? They're one of the choicest ministries receiving choice input for the last days. And we're going to get that. Hallelujah. Praise God. You ought to be the head and not the tail. You ought to be above and not beneath. You ought to be well. You ought to be full of shalom. And we are as a pastoral staff surrounding you. With prayer surrounding you. Your children ought to be uh, serving the Lord and they ought to be redeemed. That's how they should be for those of you that have kids. So we're right along with you laboring that Christ be formed in them. That they would serve him. Hallelujah. And your grandchildren. God is good. And if you're, in, if you're married, your marriage should be going up, not down. Hallelujah. God is good, friends. Why? Because God's on the move. Now, I've noticed a distinct difference ever since about a couple months ago. I've seen a difference happening around here. And I've been challenging our worship teams. I don't know if you noticed this, but things have been going up where worship is concerned. We're not just here doing music. Next, Next installment of this is going to be another day. It's going to talk about the next move that he talked about one thing that he needed to do was to follow the presence. The other one was to sanctify yourself. We'll talk about that another time. That's good enough for today. What do you say? Let's give God a shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.